Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Caught Up With Cass. So, as promised, um, I am going to talk about my stroke recovery and all the things that came along with my stroke before and after and um, kind of start to talk about that for the rest of this month. So, because I do eventually want to get into how I used video games um, as a stroke recovery, which, as you can see on my podcast, that I do have some interviews for that. So, it'd be great to talk about that more. But first, I want to talk about before that. I want to talk about what led to my stroke. Um, so, I first was diagnosed with epilepsy when I was 16. I have, like, a heat seizure disorder where if I get too hot or overheated and over frustrated, then I have, like, a seizure. And those symptoms last uh, usually, like, a week or so. Uh, lethargic, tired, can't really um, talk or process information and all that fun stuff. So I've been dealing with those seizures for a long time. And then I went through some really terrible health stuff in 2016, 2017 that prompted me to get on a weight loss, you know, uh, wagon. And when I got over that, I had a really weak immune system. So for the next few years, I was, you know, trying to gain weight back and trying to recover from everything I lost. And in that time, um, we had a roommate who was an addict. And he became more like a brother to me. And next month we'll be talking more to addicts, so I'll speak more on that. But he was just, he was there for me, but he was a complete addict. And he was just terrible uh, to count on. And then my other friend, who has autism, he is just really, really rude, uh, you know, to people. And really inconsiderate. And um, he... You know, I had to deal with him and the addict and my husband, who was super, 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 like, in a bad mood. And we drove down to Springfield to see my friend. So the four of us took off work, all of us. We all got a hotel room. We all we all went down there, and we, got, we stayed for three days. We paid a whole bunch of money to go see her. So, and she knew me for, like, a few years before that, so she understood, like, all of my medical stuff. Well, before we went, she decided to start changing, like, a whole bunch of plans when we were at the, like, hotel waiting to go out. And her changing plans obviously triggered my uh, seizure disorder because it was really hectic. So I ended up having a stroke. Um, Went to her birthday party. I don't remember much except everyone was really uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh... One of her friends was hitting on my friend with autism and saying things like, oh, people with autism are dumb. I know I can get money from him because I'm a stripper. And it was just like, like, it was just really stressful because like I, although he was being like a jerk to me, I still wanted to stick up for him, you know, and, and be like, no, you can't. So I did. I was just like, you know, don't talk to my friend. You can't do that to him. You know, he's not a lesser of a person. Like, yeah, he's a douchebag sometimes, but you're not going to, like, use him just because he has a disability. Like, that's not what I want. So I ended up having, like, a series of uh, seizures, we thought, and we're driving home, and I guess I was, like, completely unconscious. I was shaking. I was doing, like, my seizure things, but I wasn't, like, waking up from it ever. So when we got home, I was in bed, and I spent the next three months being completely, like, halfway into consciousness. Um, I had a 
few uh, TIAs. Um, if you don't know what a TIA is, hey Conway, get out of my purse. Stop. So a TIA is a is a transit ischemic attack, and it's like you temporary periods of symptoms that are similar similar to a stroke. Um. And it's usually a warning sign of a stroke, but we didn't know that. We just assumed that it was my seizure disorder, you know, and it was just really bad because of all the stress that everyone had caused me. So, um, so we thought it was that, but then my husband went to get me out of bed and realized that I could not move the left side of my body. Like, I could not walk. I have no balance. Uh, I could not talk. Um, so... That's when he made a whole bunch of doctor's appointments, thinking, okay, this is different. So I went to a new doctor, and she noticed a facial droop and was like, uh, I think you've had a stroke. <laughs> and after that, we went on, like, a path to get help for my stroke recovery. But unfortunately, due to American insurance systems and COVID and job loss um, and waiting period, I never got, like, the help that I needed. So... Just kind of go over my symptoms more. Like, what I'm still dealing with from my stroke is left-sided weakness. Like, my hand on my left side will just drop things, like, all the time. It just drops. It just goes weak. And then my left side of my leg was really weak. And I ended up falling and breaking my ankle in three places, uh, maybe eight months after my stroke. And then I also um, fell again. And recently, like, I'm dealing with it right now. I fell and I broke two of my toes and fractured my foot in three places. So just a lot of weakness, a lot of balance, a lot of falling, a lot of things to get over. Another thing that I have a problem with is hyperflexia. So hyperflexia is just like an overactive responsive to reflexes. So I noticed this first when I was driving my car and I like went to turn the wheel and my elbow hit my leg and when it hit the nerve on my leg, my leg just like forcefully went forward and like almost caused an accident and I was like oh okay that's kind of terrifying you know I don't really want to drive if I have this like problem so I got that uh the biggest one though uh for my speech was aphasia I had aphasia um I still have aphasia and I'm working through it now and I did not think that I was going to be able to work through it until I went on and did those Eve interviews echoes with Rambo and Afish. Like, I did not think that I would be able to talk to somebody and they would understand me. Uh, when my first, when my stroke first started, my aphasia was so bad. Everything that came out wasn't right. And now some of the stuff isn't right, but I'm just trying to power through it and, and do the best that I can and express myself. And I feel like these podcasts are going to be really good therapy. I know after my stroke, I was doing some speech therapy with a counselor and it improved m my words a lot, uh... Sometimes I do, like, revert back, but it's very little. Um, maybe, you know, in the last six months, maybe two times, you know, like nothing. So, a little more about what aphasia is. Aphasia occurs when you have a stroke or a head injury or something. Um, I mean, it can be caused by, like, brain tumors and stuff, but in my case, it was a stroke. Um, you know, speaking short and complete sentences, sentences that don't make sense. Uh, a lot of the time, and currently, I still substitute one word for another, or one sound for another. So, like, um, so, for example, like, I'll ask my husband for something. I might say, like, get me the chair, and he knows that I want to drink a water. 
But because we've been together so long and he's been my main person during my stroke recovery over the year and a half, that kind of stuff is really simple and easy to us because we've been doing it for so long. But I do have to say with my stroke, there was a struggle with keeping friendships. Um, I I became very angry when I got my stroke because I couldn't communicate or express myself and I was in pain. And when I got angry... Um, when I got angry, I, I was getting angry because things that I, like, things that I expressed myself saying and weren't happening, I would just get really short about it. And honestly, the best part of my stroke was that I kind of learned my boundaries. For years before that, I had a friend who I would tell my boundaries and he wouldn't care, just would not care, just completely would walk over me and try to make me feel bad about it. When I had my stroke, I was just like, this is it, this is the end, this is all I'm doing. And it's such a, like, complete change when it comes to how I look at those things. And I'm really grateful for my stroke for that because it really did help me get comfortable in life, my own body, my marriage, and my friendships. Like, I have such better friendships now. Um, so I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll be right back to talk more about friendships and, um, friendships, physical symptoms, uh, and then probably a little bit about what the rest of my recovery looks like. Ooh, and where I want to go in the future. All right, and we are back. So, talking about uh, my relationship skills and how they've really improved after my stroke. And that wasn't instantly. It was, it was really, there's a lot of anger inside of me to get out. And, um, and wow, it just, when I had my stroke, it came out because I just, oh, I just couldn't, it's so hard to describe. Like, I just couldn't think. I couldn't talk. When I did talk, people wouldn't do what I wanted or didn't understand what I wanted. And, like, I, I mean, a million times I would say, you know, crass petite, crass petite, and people wouldn't know that that means that, you know, I want a glass of tea. Like, uh, there's so many words and things that I mess up. But and my friends, because of the way that one friend treated me so poorly, um... I was really nervous to tell my best friend about my stroke. I was really nervous because it was COVID season and I was wearing a mask like before the whole COVID thing because of, you know, everything going on. And then people started being labeled as sheeps for wearing masks. And it's just like, what? <laughs> no, that's, you can wear a mask if you want. Like, I think that's great. Um, and I just didn't want to have that conversation with her because, I mean, she is my best friend and she's amazing, but I just, I never want to cause any rift with her because I appreciate her so much. And it's like, is it really going to matter? So I didn't even say anything to her. And then she actually called me and came over and told me like, oh, I, I wear a mask. You know, her mom has had cancer a few times. So she, so she completely understood. But if I didn't have my stroke, I think I would have had that conversation with her a lot sooner instead of just like, try to avoid her for like half a year but you know with the stroke you don't you don't have that like you don't have that ability to pick and choose that kind of stuff so and she completely understands because she's great but interesting with the stroke what that did and then she has a friend named Kim who is by default my friend because she is Anna's friend and also she's awesome so but her too like the same thing like she was very open and things um so my friendships changed, and for, for the better, with my stroke, completely. Um, so before I had my stroke, my goals were to get my PhD and do research. Um, that's what I want to do. 
Sounds great. I have my master's of science in applied behavior analysis. I'm a huge psychology nerd. I love ABA. Um, but I thought with my stroke that I wasn't going to be able to do any of that. But when I got asked to be on some podcasts for the game that I've been playing, it really opened my eyes to the fact that I could do this if I just tried. Like, I could make this work. Like, I could be smart enough to talk to people. And I feel like something with a stroke that we never know. Like, I see people in my support group all the time asking, asking, will I ever walk again? Will I ever sing again? Will I ever draw again? And it's just, for me, I thought no for everything. But I think that if you work really, really, really hard for the rest of your life, you can do anything, even if you're physically or mentally challenged in the way that makes it a little bit harder for you than other people, you know. That's kind of what I think. I also... I'm almost out of coffee at my house, and I'm really scared. <laughs> um, so, my relationship with my husband and my stroke. Hmm. That, um, you know, I don't think, ow, <laughs> hit my hand. So I was trying to stop my cat from getting this cord for the mic. Um, you know, I don't know if that, <laughs> can we stop? I don't know if that. You know, I guess the only thing that made it different was I was able to realize how much he actually cared about me. Um, probably the biggest change. Nothing changed. He didn't become sweeter. He didn't become nicer. He's still hard-headed, terrible to talk to, thinks he's right, doesn't want to talk about anything. But now I see that he has all of those qualities that may be, like, really obnoxious to me sometimes. But he also has this, like, deep, caring, wonderful... Conway, you need to stop that. He has this, like, deep, wonderful, caring, you know, part of him. Trying to block my cat in, because now he's going to destroy my bed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's attacking my feet. He's so crazy today. So... Um, sure, let's talk about with my pets. How did my stroke affect the relationship with my pets? I, you know, couldn't walk my dogs. I mean, I still haven't. Like, we walk them, but it's not the same as just me grabbing both of them and going out for, like, a five-mile walk. And now it's, I have a walker. Sometimes I have a wheelchair. I can only take one dog. Um, just so many different things when it comes to how the stroke affected my life. Um, so before my stroke, I was... Oh, do you hear this cat? I hope you can hear him. He's crazy. So before my stroke, I was, um... Oh, <laughs> uh, I need to, like, lock him in a cage. Because he's making me lose my train of thought. So before my stroke... Here we go, I remember. I was set on, you know, going, finishing my education getting my PhD and going to work and doing research. But now since I've had my stroke, I am much more interested in just relationships when it comes to changes in a spouse or something. I'm also more interested in like using video games as stroke recovery because before my stroke I was a huge gamer. I played all the types of games you can imagine and 
after my stroke, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. So my husband had me start reading a book, uh, Alice in Wonderland, and it was really hard. Like, I would cry all the time, and it would make my, my head, the headaches, the headaches were so bad after my stroke. And then when I started trying to, like, read or do math or type, like, oh my gosh, the headaches just got so worse, and it was miserable, and I gave up. I did. Um, but then my husband found a video game that he had played before in college, and they had, like, a mobile beta version, and he was in it, and it was really hard, and he was like, this might be too hard for you. So I started playing it, and it was too hard for me. It was so hard. I was getting frustrated. Um, He'd go to work, and I'd be calling him, like, eight times, like, why do you do this? How do you do this? Like, in the game, you know? I'm like, you can't do that when you're at work. Well, I mean, you can, but, I mean, you shouldn't. So I felt bad about calling him and asking video game questions, so we just made note cards, and we wrote up a whole bunch of note cards uh, what different things meant in the game. So, like, how do I buy something? Or how do I access this? Or how do I close this? Or how do I look at this? Like, everything was written down. And I would just go back and look at that when I was playing the game to the point where I'm like, okay, I kind of like this game. So, in the game, one of the highest things you can do is, you know, own an alliance or own a corporation. So, I decided I want to own a corporation. And I've used that as part of my stroke recovery from everything from physical limitations to mental limitations. I have learned to recover those things while using the video games. And I feel like there's such a market out there that I kind of want to explore for video games and stroke recovery. Um, You know, because when it comes to what games you can use for recovery, like, I'm using a commercial game not intended for anyone, like, with the stroke. You know, it's not, it wasn't built for stroke people. It was built for the neurotypicals, you know, for people who can figure out the neurotypical stuff pretty easy. But I wonder if there's a market for, like, health games. Like, speaking back to my last podcast, and I was talking about Sheila doing the virtual reality uh, in the store from Shameless. Like, I wonder if we can do that, if we can really, if we can dive deep into that. Uh, I don't really like virtual reality, honestly. I would be scared, but I definitely could do, like, on my phone or, like, on a console, that kind of thing, or a computer. I can do that. Um, I just feel there's such a bigger market that we need to look at for recovery for patients of different mental or physical things and uh, using some kind of video game. I don't know. It's kind of what I think. I feel like I've talked enough about my stroke. Um, If I think of more stuff, I will uh, (laughs) let you know. So tune in Thursday, and uh, I'll see you then.